Praise the Lord. God is good. I greet you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, our hope and our salvation. This very evening, I want to speak a blessing, a healing blessing upon everybody watching me that God will give you divine health. God will protect you from the pandemic, from any other disease that may want to attack you. That the hand of the Lord will cover you. His healing virtue will flow from heaven. He will sanction his angels to guard you and to keep you safe. I would like us to pray. Today we will look at 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 and 17. We have already read it before, but it's the scripture that has kept on coming to my mind. And I want us to think about it. Then later on we can look at... Uh, Second Peter chapter 1 verse 21 We have also read it before but because of the topic we need to look at it again Let us pray Heavenly Father I want to thank you for all my viewers and all those who will view later Mighty God our Father The Father you will anoint this video, this broadcast and you will use it for your own glory To encourage many, to uplift many, to save many and many will understand uh, something and it will give them the power and the faith to believe uh, uh, in your word because that is what we want to look at. May the Lord uh, bless you now in your homes. May his presence come over there right now and touch you in very various ways or, 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 uh, or that you didn't need him. Uh, may the Lord supply and provide for you everything you need because uh, his divine power has given us everything for God, uh, for godliness and for this life. Uh, uh, that is uh, what his word encourages us. Now may the Lord provide for you what you need spiritually. May the Lord provide for you what you need materially and financially. May the Lord provide anything that you need even right now emotionally. If it is peace, if it is tranquility, calmness, if it is... Uh, uh, a lifting of an anxiety let the Lord meet you at the point of your needs I want to pray for every patient of COVID-19 wherever they are in the hospitals all over Kenya or homes or isolation places or uh, uh, ICUs and high dependency words and uh, COVID words mighty God may your hand reach them there and may you give them relief of their pains and feverish feelings and may you deliver them mighty God our father cause many to be restored mighty God our father in the mighty name of Jesus Christ we still call you to protect us and to cover us and to keep us from this pandemic yes we will do our part yes we will wash our hands we'll sanitize we'll wear our masks we will keep the distance we will not touch 
our eyes, our noses and mouths. But Lord, our trust is in you, Almighty God, our Father. And I pray for this very nation of Kenya, Mighty God, our Father, do not allow the, the pandemic to destroy this nation completely. Let the economy of this nation be uh, saved by you, Almighty God, our Father. Uh, uh, let most people uh, uh, resume their work. Let those who have lost work find new jobs, Mighty God, our Father. Uh, we all need you, Mighty God, our Father. And we thank you because you love us. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Now teach us your word. Let your Holy Spirit move in a, a mighty and uh, uh, in a marvelous way uh, so that we may know your glory in the mighty name of Jesus the Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, King of glory. In Jesus' mighty name have we prayed. Hallelujah. Today we want to look at a topic. Why should I believe in the Bible? Why should I believe in the Bible? One time, I was sharing the gospel one-on-one -on -one with a person. Uh, and when I came to this person, he told me, preach to me, but don't use the Bible because I don't believe in the Bible. And that is the first time anyone had ever rejected the gospel with that uh, uh, excuse. And... If it were not for the Holy Spirit, who gave me an idea of using a testimony of someone the person knew, who was totally transformed by God, it would have been very difficult to, to, to share the word of God because he did not believe in the Bible. He said he did not believe in the Bible, he did not believe in heaven, he did not believe in hell, he did not believe in God. So I had to find something else outside of those. And those are the conventional things that we use for the gospel. Now, uh, uh, that's why I want us to look at this. Uh, uh, sometimes I know even us as Christians, we read the word. And sometimes we even say we believe in the word. But our action don't show belief in the word. And we read the word and it doesn't get us to a point of faith. Uh, so when God says he will provide for us, we seem to turn to other places because it is like the word doesn't really make that sense to us. So today I want us to look at uh, the subject of why should I believe in the Bible or why should I believe in the word of God, as we would call it. Uh, I want us to, to turn to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, verse 16. And 17. The Bible reads, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished to all good works, to all good works works. That is a very important scripture for us and I would like us to also turn to Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 21. Or we can start from verse 20 and then read 21. But you can start uh, even from 19 but me I want to start from 20. 20 saying, knowing these first 
that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of men, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved or carried by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And that is telling you whatever you read that was said by Isaiah, Jeremiah, David, uh, uh, Solomon, and many others who wrote uh, uh, the word, uh, uh, they, it did not originate from them. They were given an inspiration by God, and then they were carried along by, uh, uh, by the Holy Spirit. And we will see uh, some of the notes that I was able to put together and what they say. So why should I believe in the Bible? Uh, I want us to start from the Bible makes claims about the creation of universe, the nature of God who created the universe and who reigns supremely, supremely over it and the fate of mankind. If these claims are true, then the Bible is the most important book in history of mankind. If the Bible is true, then it holds the answer to life's biggest questions. And those are three. From where did I come? Why am I here? And what happens to me when I die? The importance of the Bible's message demand it receives fair consideration and the truthfulness of its message is observable, testable, and able to withstand any scrutiny. Hallelujah. Uh, what, what that is telling me is that we need uh, to put the word of God to test, to prove it. But someone like me, I think I've seen too many fulfillments of the word of God that I believe what it says. If you look at uh, prophecies, you will see many that, were, uh, 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 that came to pass and many that are coming to pass even today and yet they were prophesied many years ago. Uh, we see uh, like the ones I've quoted in the past, some, some of them, that Jesus said uh, uh, that a time would come uh, when the, the temple in Jerusalem would be destroyed and no stone will be left sitting on another. And then Israel will be dispersed all over the world. And then we know from history that uh, 70 AD, that came to pass. Jesus had spoken about 30 to 33 AD because that is the time of his ministry. So in between there, he said what would happen and about uh, 30, 40 to 37 years later, uh, it happened. So uh, that tells me that it was not in vain that those words were said. And if Jesus didn't have foreknowledge of what would happen, then it would not have happened. The Bible itself says that you test a, a, a prophet by this way. 
if what he prophesies does not come to pass, then he is a false prophet. But if what he says comes to pass, though it may take long, then he is a true prophet. We know uh, many other prophets prophesied things and they happened, like Jeremiah prophesied the capture of Jerusalem, the, the captivity of Babylon, uh, and it happened even in his own lifetime. Although him, he was left in Jerusalem because he was thrown in a dry cistern or well, uh, uh, many other people were taken, including Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We also know of people like Nehemiah, Esther, Ezra, who were in captivity. And from Babylon, uh, uh, the kingdom of Babylon was uh, defeated and they were taken by Persia. Uh, and that's where now we hear the whole story of Esther when they have gone to Persia. And, and, and that tells you that that prophetic word given by Jeremiah was from God because it came to pass. The Apostle Paul writes, All scripture is God's breath in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, which we have just read. That is to say, all the words recorded in the original writing of scripture originated from the mouth of God before ever reaching the minds and the pens of the Bible writers. The Apostle Peter also writes that prophecy never had its origin in human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. That is Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 21. The phrase carried along is indicative of a sail being propelled by wind. That is to say that these people who spoke throughout the Bible were propelled or driven by the wind of the Holy Spirit and he, that wind ensured that all they said was what came from the mouth of God. They did not add their thinking and where it is then you can see, like uh, Paul says in, uh, I, I think it's First Corinthians chapter 7, uh, talking about marriage and giving, gi giving into marriage, staying uh, uh, celibate and all that. And he says, this is from me and not the Lord. So he says clearly, but the others that the Lord said, clearly he doesn't claim any authorship. So we can say, they only wrote what God told them to write. That, that is, the writing of the scripture was directed by the Holy Spirit himself. So the author of the Bible, though he used the hands of man, was the Holy Spirit. The Bible does not originate with man and is then a product of God and carries the authority of God. And God swears by nothing else but by his word. And he quits his word to himself. That's why uh, John 1, 1 says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. At this point, it is important to not let secular reasoning become the justification for believing the Bible. 
We cannot say that one should believe the Bible simply because the Bible says it should be believed. If, however, the truth claimed, uh, claims of the Bible are found true whenever it is possible to test their very uh, veracity or are proved true during historical and scientific discoveries, then the internal claims of the Bible's own trustworthiness are more compelling. The internal evidence work in tandem with external evidences. We say that within the Bible, we can find supporting truths that will make the whole Bible what it says it is. But we also have external, outside of the Bible, evidences that prove the Bible is true. The internal evidences of Scripture's veracity provide many compelling arguments for why one should believe the Bible. First, the unique message of the Bible sets it apart from other religious texts. We know that the Bible has a, has a uniqueness in the way it expresses the Word of God. And not only that, we also see fulfillment of the very scriptures some years later. A prophet says this, and some years later, we see the resultant uh, uh, happening. For instance, uh, Isaiah prophesied of Jesus uh, uh, in chapter 9 of the book of Isaiah, uh, for, for unto us a son is given, uh, for unto us a son is born. And he says how Jesus will be born, how he will be the lineage of David, how he will reign, how he will rule. And 720 years later, we see the book of Matthew and Luke giving an account of how he was born. And it fits exactly what was said 720 years. The people who wrote are not the people who prophesied because Isaiah had already died. But another person peeks over and writes the fulfillment of what was prophesied. That is within, internal. The Bible, for instance, teaches that mankind is inherently evil and deserving of eternal death. We know that the Bible tells us, uh, if you look at the, 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 the book of Jeremiah 17, it says the heart of man is utterly wicked. Who can understand it? And we, we see a New Testament supporting it by saying, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And continues to say, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So it means we are evil and we deserve death, but then God gives a gift. If man were responsible for the content of the Bible, the view of humanity would not be so dark in the Bible. If man had their way, if their man wrote what they willed to write, they would have written things like we look at ourselves today. We tend to make ourselves look good most times. We claim the best. 
We declare how good we are. We blow our own trumpets. But because it was written by the Holy Spirit, he gives a true reflection of man's character that we are totally wicked. We are sinners and we have a nature of sin. The Bible also teaches that humans can do nothing of themselves to remedy their natural state. This too goes against human pride. We would have said how we can rescue ourselves and what we can do to uh, buy ourselves out. So the fact that this thing paints a very dim picture, it means it did not come from us because the nature of man is to pride and to glory in himself and to say what he, he can accomplish, what he's able to do and how he can save himself and what power he possesses and how he has conquered gravity and he can go to the moon. And so they would have indicated that they were able to save themselves. The second thing we look at is that the unity of the biblical message is further reason for why one should believe in the Bible. The Bible was written over a period of approximately 1,550 years by at least 40 human writers, most of whom did not know each other because they lived in different millenniums, centuries, and decades, and also different places uh, uh, on the known world at that point. Therefore, they could not have conspired sitting together to decide what they need to write. So the unity must have been the working of God because the Bible agrees. Even though some people wrote a thousand years from the others, the message flows. And you can't say that uh, they sat down and read what the others had written and then they wrote theirs. For instance... Uh, the Gospels just observed the life of Jesus Christ and they wrote. But then they realize it's fulfilling something in the past. And so it flows because that's how it was supposed to go. Most of whom did not know each other and were from varying backgrounds. We had kings like Solomon and uh, David. We had fishermen like Peter, John and James. We had tax collectors like Matthew, we had shepherds, and we had farmers. We know Isaiah, uh, 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 Elisha was a farmer and he used oxen to plow when he was called by Elijah. And you can read that in, in Kings and you will see that he left his trade, he killed all the oxen and used the plows to cook the meat and said goodbye to everybody. So farmers and we had uh, 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 other prophets who are uh, farmers who tended some crops uh, like the sycamore trees and feeds and other things. And you can check, you will see from the minor prophets, it, it always tells you what they did before they were called. The Bible was written in various environments. Some people were in desert, others were in prison, others in royal courts, others were walking with Jesus Christ uh, along the Galilee, and Paul was all over Asia and Asia Minor. 
So they wrote from different places. And Paul, we know some of their epistles like uh, Philippians were written from prison. And you can see that a man cannot just write rejoice in the Lord always, especially when he is imprisoned. Or writing Timothy, uh, especially Second Timothy, he was in Rome waiting to be killed. And that's why in chapter 4 he talks about... Uh, he has finished his race and now he's being poured out like uh, a wine offering because uh, he knew for sure he was not going to be released. And of course, he's writing of what will happen to him before it happens to him. Then the Bible was written in three different languages uh, when, when all these writers were, were writing. Uh, we know that some portions were written in Aramaic, others in Hebrew others in Greek, later translated into Latin, uh, uh, and the harmony and the maintenance of the message just tells you there was a power beyond human uh, uh, mind and will uh, uh, that was only God who was able to do. And even though it covers controversial subject, it carries a harmonious message and points to one direction, that the Old Testament points to Christ and the New Testament shows Christ. The circumstances surrounding the writing of the Bible would seem to guarantee its infallibility. And yet the message from Genesis to Revelation is uncannily consistent, even though it is a thousand 550 uh, years apart because uh, we know Genesis and the book of Job was, was, was written way before there was even a nation of Israel when Moses was leading the people out of uh, Egypt. Then Revelation was written in, in uh, AD 95 by John while he was an old man after spending time with Jesus as a young man. Another reason why one should believe the Bible is its accuracy. The Bible should not be confused with a science book, textbook. But that does not mean that the Bible does not speak to issues that are scientific in nature. The, the water cycle was described uh, uh, by Solomon in scripture centuries before it was even scientific discovery. Uh, if you read Ecclesiastes, he says uh, it talks about the water the rain falling down the uh, evaporation and then forming cl clouds and falling back again. You can go and confirm it and when you go to uh, primary school these days, you will study that as part of science. We call it the water cycle how the water rains from above, then it evaporates back into the air, condenses, forms cloud, and then falls back down. When we see rain coming, according to science, it's not new water. It's just the same water that has evaporated from all over where there are bodies of water, either by rain, by lake, by oceans, by rivers. And... We see uh, uh, Noah before there was even an engineering being given a design by God of how to build a boat, builds a boat, it floats, it rains and kills everything on the earth. But Noah and the animals that were therein 
survived. You can say that is fiction, but if you Google, you will see that the Ark of Noah has been found on a, on a mountain. It was uh, uh, excavated and they know exactly uh, what it was. You can see that is Genesis 6, yet ships and boat that we see today originated from there. And I want to tell you that uh, most of the things, it is God who gave these ideas to men even today. Uh, and all men given these things don't have to be Christians. God provides what he needs for his people through anyone who is available. People exercise their minds and discover things. It is not because those people who have discovered things were, 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 were well educated. They were just geniuses upstairs and they developed things that others needed to study now. For instance, making bulb, people go to school to study. But uh, uh, the man who discovered uh, the bulb tried it a thousand times and failed. And then a thousand and one time. He succeeded. Today we have bulbs and we use them. And he was never giving up. We thank God for uh, such a people. In some cases, science and the Bible have seemed to be at odds with each other. Yet, when science has advanced, the scientific theory have proved wrong and the Bible proved right. Because we, we see people uh, uh, who were philosophers and they believe the earth was a flat surface, that there was an age, that you've walked too much to the age of the earth, you could fall off. And then uh, we see the Bible describing the world as a circular thing and people said it is not possible. Then eventually they, they developed uh, ways of going up and using telescopes to look down and they discovered the earth is a globe. Uh, it talks of other planets. Before science discovered them, Bible had already talked about them. But things are being discovered today. That's, uh, that is the interesting part of the Bible. For example, it used to be standard medical practice to bleed the patient where they would cut out so that blood goes out uh, uh, and they believe as it goes out, it comes out with the, the, the infections and diseases. And it was done for many years, actually millenniums. And many people died because of excessive blood loss. Now, medical pro uh, professionals know that bleeding, uh, bloodletting is uh, as a cure for uh, most diseases is counterproductive. In fact, these days when you get to hospital, the first thing they do is transfuse you because you need more blood. Uh, they don't take the little you have out to cure you of the disease. The Bible always taught that the life of a creature is in its blood. Leviticus 17 and verse 11. That's why God warned Israel not to eat blood because they were eating the life of the animal. The Bible's truth claims concerning world history have also been 
substantiated. Skeptic used to criticize the Bible for its mention of the Hittite people, e.g., 2 Kings chapter 7 and verse 6. The lack of any archaeological evidence to support the existence of a Hittite culture was often cited as a rebuttal uh, against the Bible. Hmm. And people always claim the scripture is wrong. They have never been people like Hittites. But in 1876, however, archaeologists discovered evidence of the Hittite nation. And by the early 20th century, the vastness of the Hittite nation and its influence in the ancient world was common knowledge. Now they know that they existed. The scientific and the historical accuracy of the Bible is important evidence of the Bible trustworthiness. But the Bible also contains fulfilled prophecies. Some of the biblical writers made claims about the future events centuries in advance if any one of the events predicted had occurred. It would be outstanding, but the Bible contains many, many prophecies. Some of the predictions were fulfilled in a short amount of time. Abraham and Sarah had a son. And when God met Abraham, he was 70. In 30 years, he had a son at 100. And uh, uh, Sarah was uh, uh, 60. And when she was 90, then she had a son. And so that is a very short time of uh, a prediction that Abraham was told and was recorded in Genesis chapter 12. And we see Genesis chapter 22, him going to sacrifice the same son. Peter denied Jesus three times. And that was within an evening and a morning. Yeah, because when Jesus was arrested in the night, Peter followed. When he followed, he sat in the court of the place where Jesus was kept. And he was challenged three times. And three times he denied the Lord. And he had been told exactly. And he was told, when you deny him the third time, a cock will crow. And th that happened. So a prophecy was fulfilled within less than 12 hours. Uh, 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 that proves something uh, that is outstanding. Paul was a witness of Jesus in Rome. And it had been told he will go there. Other predictions were fulfilled hundreds of years later. The 300 messianic prophecies fulfilled by Jesus Christ could not have reasonably be fulfilled by one person unless some greater power was involved. 300 predictions of Jesus coming. And all of them were fulfilled. Some 720 years, 600 and something, because Jeremiah talked about Jesus, Isaiah talked about Jesus, and there are many places, including uh, in Zechariah, he said about uh, Bethlehem, and all of them were fulfilled. And there are others now, we are still waiting, and we know they will be fulfilled, because we can see the signs of the end times as they were predicted. You can read Matthew 24 and 25 and see how the end will be. You will see that many of those things have been fulfilled now 
only one remaining Jesus coming the antichrist the tribulation uh, the the battle of Armageddon the return of Jesus Christ the taking away of the saints and coming back all those things are the ones we are waiting for but we know if the others were already uh, 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 fulfilled even this ones will be uh, specific prophecies uh, like Jesus birthplace activity manner of death resurrection demonstrate the preternatural occurrence of scripture because people like Isaiah explained in Isaiah 55 you can go and read the whole chapter it talks about the the, the suffering of Jesus Christ the death of Jesus Christ and it said he would hang among us the thief in Psalms uh, 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 and you wonder how David knew he was going to be hung between two thieves and then actually happens and the people who fulfill have never read the scriptures because they were Roman soldiers yet they do exactly what God said would be done they spat on him David speaks in, 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 in Psalms about them casting lots about the clothes of Jesus Christ and actually they did <laughs> hallelujah that tells you we can believe in the word of God we can believe in the word of God Conclusion, I want us to conclude this way. When it is put to test, the Bible is proved true in every area it has communicated about. Its truth extend, extends to the spiritual as well. That means when the Bible says the Hittite nation existed, then we can believe that there were Hittites. And when the Bible teaches that all have seen in Romans 3.23, then we can believe all of us have seen. And when the Bible speaks of the wages of sin being death, then we can believe if we don't get salvation, all of us will die. And not just the physical death, but the second death which is to be thrown into the lake of fire then we need to believe that too. Uh, and when the Bible tells us that God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, Romans 5 and verse 8, and that whoever believes in Jesus shall not perish but have eternal life, John 3.16, then we can and should believe that also. And today I want to tell you this. Those scriptures I've just quoted in this conclusion are true. And you need to believe in the love that God demonstrated for you. And the fact that if you believe in Jesus Christ, you will have eternal life. And if you call on the name of Jesus Christ, you will be saved and you will have the gift of God and you will never perish but have eternal life this night I pray if you're not saved this evening please call on the name of Jesus and say Lord Jesus I believe in what the word says and I know that you are sent because of the love of God for me I 
ask you now, Jesus, to come into my life. I believe in you and I accept you as my Savior and my Lord. This day, I stretch forth my hand by faith and receive the gift of eternal life because I have called on your name and I believe I am saved. Thank you, Lord, for salvation in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you for this evening. We glorify you. We lift your name on high. We exalt you. We magnify your holy name. We worship you. We bow before you, Lord, and adore you and declare that there is no God but you. You are the creator of heaven and earth. We are your people and a sheep of your pastures. And Lord, you love us and you care for us. Your Holy Spirit ministers to us now. Your love, your goodness, your salvation, and your healing power that you have already paid for at the cross in Calvary. We glorify you now. We exalt you. We invite you to our lives and in our homes. May you search our homes and help us where we need your help, Lord. May you search the hearts of our families and save those who are not saved. May you seek everybody and touch them and heal them from all sicknesses for the glory and honor of your name. In Jesus' mighty name, we believe and we receive. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to thank uh, Hilary B, Hilary B, and uh, servant of God Stephen Timanthi. Thank you for joining me this evening. Be uh, expanded, be lifted up, be magnified. May your work be extended. May your boundaries fall in. Uh, uh, pleasant places. May your ministries thrive and may you serve your generation and conquer every Goliath you need to conquer. In Jesus mighty name. Thank you very much. Thank you. God bless you. See you next Thursday. Same time, same place. Rev Online. We'll be back.